Well, welcome back, everybody. If you've been with us so far for the last two, we're in episode 21, and this is going to be part three of episode 21. Uh, our guest star, Joe, had to leave, so it's just Chris and Kent for episode 21, Kenter at Your Own Risk, Top 90s Horror Movies. And now we are finally getting to what everybody's been waiting for, Kent to give his fucking list of... 3,233 movies that he really thinks were the top four movies in the 1990s. Okay, you know, just subtract 3,280, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Also, I I just read that my phone Joe text me. He's like, ah, I really love Anaconda. (laughs) I was like talking about it. So there we go. All right. Um, all right, so I have a top 25 with knowing full well that we've discussed most of these films ad nauseum. So for listeners, don't expect there to be a lot of heavy dialogue, maybe five to ten of the films we might actually touch more on, but we've touched on most of these uh, either tonight or earlier in our lifetime. But I know number 25 is a film that we've never quite touched upon, and it was a childhood favorite back it came on in 1990. It was a made-for-TV film, and it aired on USA and possibly Lifetime. It was Frank Darabont's first film, a film called The Buried Alive, starring Tim Matheson and Jennifer Jason Lee. Have you ever seen this, Chris? I have not ever seen it, no. I cannot find a copy, legally or illegally. Um, apparently, Britain has a DVD copy, but my goodness, uh, trying to find that is not an easy thing. And this isn't to be confused with like the Tobin Bell film of 2008. Um, just quick summarization. This wife, husband and wife, um, she was cheating on him. Uh, I think he was like an architect of some kind or a construction worker. She poisons him, gets the money, you know, he dies, but he's buried alive. He comes back from, you know, the living, hangs on the basement, traps her and her lover, and then he builds a trap to end all traps. And it was really sinister, A, for 1990, and B, it was sinister for a made-for-TV film. And, like... Basically, he kind of made like a rat maze, and it's awesome. It, it's such a solid little movie. Um, and I, don't, like, I just watched it so much when I was a kid. I, I thoroughly loved it, and I was shocked to find out that Frank Darabont, who's done only a handful of things as far as a director, but he was involved with that. So, I don't know. Happy memories. You know what I'm finding interesting, too, as I see, is that they made a sequel, and guess who directed it? Who? Tim Matheson. No shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the the UK or British DVD is that one. If, I'd like to try to get my hands on a copy of it somehow. Like, even Voodoo doesn't have it digitally. Uh, so, and we'll have to scrounge around the internet and go to all dark corners to try to find it, I suppose. Because I would love to see it again. Um... So yeah, um, number twenty-four is um, is a movie from a writer that makes up like probably forty uh, percent of my list. Stephen King had a great '80s, but he also had a very good '90s. 
underappreciated 90s. And this is one of his more underappreciated works, Thinner. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. Like, I'm not in love with it, but I've seen it probably, I don't know, five to seven times. And every time I enjoy it, I like uh, Joe, I don't know how to pronounce it, Montaigne? Yeah. That's um, exactly how you say it. I, I don't know. Like, it was a perfectly, like, sh- like perfect length film for what it was. Um, and I like the ending, too. Like, the ending was cool. I don't know. It's just a fun little film. Yeah, it's, it was. I, I watched it for the first time um, maybe two or three years ago. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. All right. Um, moving on. I, I kind of feel I have this movie down too low, but I did not feel like readjusting and renumbering stuff. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. With Johnny Depp, Christopher Walken, and uh, who was the girl? Christina Ricci. Yeah, there we go. Also, I feel like Jeffrey Jones was Jeffrey Jones is in so many things that I love, and I I, I know what he did in real life. Whatever. I'm I'm just talking about him as an actor. Love the dude as an actor. Uh, yeah, it was a good movie. I really enjoyed that version of uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, it, I'm I'm not even sure if it. I don't know. I, I feel like it doesn't get enough love. And I actually forgot that it came out in the 90s. I thought it was more early 2000s. So it was pleasantly uh, surprising. Like, I Plus, love the scene with the fucking blood where it just keeps squirting him in the face. Oh, God, yes. Uh, also, it's one of, like, I don't know, eight or nine movies that I have on here that I rated 7.2. Now, I didn't order anything because of 7.2. I'm just saying that 7.2 is like a very common rating on my website, which is 9deuce.com. So, just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, Number 22, I don't know. I feel like you and I may have touched upon this once upon a time. Uh, Another Stephen King, Needful Things with Ed Harris, Amanda Plummer, and of course the late, great Max von Sydow as uh, Gaunt, Leland Gaunt. We talked about this before? I don't believe we have, because I'm not going to lie, that's one that I've ever, never actually seen. Well, it's uh, it's on my voodoo, so you know what to do. I might uh, like to see it. <laughs> I, I, I really like it. And, you know, it's funny, like, I keep seeing Amanda Plummer kind of popping up here and there. I, I like, when I look up, up stuff, like, she was in the Tales from the Crypt episode that I liked. It was possibly the first season or season two i think it was season one though i don't know she's kind of uh she's into some shit that i like um and like i said i, I love max max von Sydow and ed harris is now he's getting to an age where i feel like he's limited sometimes in his roles but he's had a really good career when given an opportunity and he was the main star in this so and there was also a Rick and Morty episode basically uh, parroting the film. So, for any Rick and Morty people. Gotcha. Such uh, uh, Number 21. Believe it or not, going back to Stephen King here, uh, this should be higher up on my list. Once again, didn't feel like dicking around. Storm of the Century. Uh, I don't know. Did you ever see it? It was like a ABC miniseries. I... 
I've I've seen parts of it. I don't remember it though. Like, like that one. I know I, and I, I want to say I saw it relatively recently, within like the last four or five years. But it, you know, not. A, I don't remember it enough to, like, really comment on it. Like I would say, like The Stand or those Happy Golden Years or, you know, uh, some of his other miniseries. Oh man, you so you watched Golden Years? Yeah, yeah. What a failed missed opportunity because that got good and then it just ended for a variety of reasons, which made me sad. Yeah, but I was expecting it to go somewhere where it didn't really go. It, it never got. It felt like it never had the opportunity to get there. Yeah. Um, but Storm of the Century is about. Um, well, it has. Uh, has a decent cast. It has uh, Tim Daly from Wings, the guy that wasn't uh, Steven Weber. Uh, has Jeffrey DeMunn, who just been in so many Stephen King things, plus he was Dale in Walking Dead. Um, and Com uh, Fior, who plays the main bad guy, uh, Andre Linoge. And Linoge is a uh, different wording for Legion. And if you know shit about Legion, then you kind of have an idea about what he's all about. And it takes place, I don't know, probably somewhere up in fucking Maine. And there's, you know, this horrible snowstorm. And he needs an apprentice to pass, pass down. So he wants one of the seven kids of a certain age. And the parents have to choose which kid to give to him or else he's going to kill everybody. It's a really cynical story, quite frankly. Like, imagine a town being under siege and everybody's going to die if you don't offer up one child to be an apprentice to basically be the fucking devil, quintessentially. And that sounds pretty dark. It, it really is. Like, it's a dark, dark movie, and I, I, I love it, so... Um, I wish more people had seen it. It's one of my mom's favorite movies to watch in the winter, which is weird because normally she's just busy watching Hallmark Channel, but then she wants to watch Storm of the Century. So, yay. Um, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, number 20, I feel like... Did somebody mention House on Haunted Hill or no? Uh, that was on my like honorable honorable mention list. Always think it's a cool movie. Think the beginning's cool. I think a lot of it's cool. I think a lot of the videography, like with the crazy like head shake, head rapidly moving, like people moving rapidly, like that was overly abused for like the first half of the two, like two thousand to two thousand five. A lot of stuff came from this film, but it's I don't know. Not, I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it anymore. Um, and, and obviously, like, the original is a great film, don't get me wrong, but, you know, this took it into a modern era, and had Lisa Loeb, the one-hit wonder who sang, uh, Stay, back, like, in 1994-95, she was in it, uh, Famke Jansen, that name's popping up again, I love her, uh, unfortunately, Chris Kattan's involved, but he doesn't detract much, uh, I think Jeffrey Rush is in it. There's a lot of talent in it. And, yeah, I was happy... Now that you mentioned it... Yeah, I was happy you mentioned it, at the very least. So... Um, abnormally low for some people, but number 19, I have Army of Darkness. 
I don't need to say anything more. Um, yeah, yeah it's, num- it's low. You feel yeah, low, but it's okay. I, that's fine. Uh, probably abnormally high on a lot of people's list. Number 18, The Faculty. Big fan. I think that that's one that people have gone back to and, like, elevated on their lists um, now compared to where it sat when it came out. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember it was kind of almost a joke. Like, a lot of people just flat out insulted the film and didn't really like it. But now to go back and you see all the names that were in it and how successful so many of them were. And John Stewart. Like, it also had a good soundtrack. Like, there was a lot to really like in, in that film that, at the time, people just didn't appreciate. I, I would agree with that. So, uh, that's Faculty. Number 17. Uh, was Event Horizon also in your honorable mentions? I know a ton of people love that movie, and I've only ever been able to get lukewarm about it. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to detract from anybody's enjoyment of it, but like, it hits up, heads up so many like best sci-fi horror, best '90s horror, best blah 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 horror, and I just find it like about a seven out of ten. But I can give it props because in that decade there wasn't a lot of actual sci-fi horror going on. And the director's cut is a better version. You know, at least you get like an extra two minutes of, you know, like actual scary stuff that was cut from the uh, theatrical release. Would you agree that it maybe is more beloved because of a lack of good sci-fi horror of the decade? Yeah, I de- oh, definitely. I would, I would definitely say that that's probably, you know, one of the big reasons. I mean, and it's a scary premise, you know, that a spaceship travels into hell by accident, and when it comes back, the spaceship is the fucking bad guy. Yeah, uh, and Sam Neill is phenomenal in that movie. It's also got one of my favorite comedy lines in it. You know, like, you want something hot and black in you? How about some coffee? <laughs> no, how about some coffee then? <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I haven't seen the movie in a long time, so I don't remember that line, but... It's when they're waking up from the cryosleep towards the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, Weir has long been um, one of one of mine and Ron's uh, favorite names to use for like a video game character. So, um, just wanted to give it props. Um, and 17 is not too terribly high, but I, I, I just wanted to give it you know, some recognition. Um, moving right along, another film we've talked about before. I Know What You Did Last Summer. Piggybacked off of Scream. Tried helping bring back like the teen slasher era. And it was just, you know, the first two were semi... Well, the first one was successful, and the second one was semi-successful. And, I don't know, there's three or four of them in total... But you know, the first one was obvious. It was definitely the best, and without doubt, and you know, it was what it was. It was a simple concept. There was nothing. I don't know. There was nothing ingenious. They didn't reinvent the wheel. They just, you know, gave a movie, and it was entertaining for the time because we didn't have many movies like that coming out. 
it filled the filled the hole in their lives, if you will. Yes. Yes. So, um, number fifteen. I was surprised Joe didn't mention this. I don't know if you even mentioned this. Tales from the Hood. Uh, nope. Nope. I for, I did not mention it. And yes, Joe didn't either. I, I know Joe loves it too. Uh, so like I I thought I definitely thought it was gonna be on Joe's, and when he didn't mention, it, I thought, well, Chris will mention. No. Um, I I wanted to put this higher. And I, I could have. I mean, I could interchange anything, but whatever. As long as I made the list, I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, we all know I'm a huge fan of Tales from the Hood. I'll always be a fan of if you want the shit, you'll be knee-deep in the shit. That's all I got. I, I, it's a fantastic movie, and there's not many... You know, to this day, there's still not many um, mostly black horror films you know you got the black exploitation stuff you got blackula you got tales from the hood um there's another one i'm gonna bring up in a little bit and then we just recently have had you know uh get out which wasn't really even mostly black but it was based around a black character and then us so i don't know it was a very it's very good and Hey, in this era of social justice, come on, people. Fucking watch Tales from the Hood. All right? There you go. That's that, I'm standing with goddamn Tales from the Hood. Number 14. <laughs> I'm going to go with The Stand. You know my love affair with that movie. And, you know, like back in March, I started watching it. I still haven't finished it. I still haven't finished the blog. And... That blog, that single blog, is holding up my whole website because I refuse to post anything until I post that damn blog. I ha- Dude, I have like all of our podcasts uploaded. They're ready to be posted. I just need to get through this freaking roadblock that is The Stand, which probably makes it sound like I hate the movie. I love the movie so much, though, that I put so much into the blog. It's probably going to be unreadable by the time I post it. makes me sad it does it should yeah number 13 from dust till dawn we've talked about it we love it i love it did you mean what you said back there one of my favorite lines from any movie quite frankly uh, number 12 john carpenter's vampires i took a little offense when joe was like hey has john carpenter done anything great that, since then yeah that was actually, that was actually me i mean Oh. It wasn't Joe to to put put your well, anger where it should be. To... Well, Chris, you dick, you made me believe Joe. Oh, okay, was the I, for, I forgot about Joe. I forgot about vampires. But to be <laughs> fair, all I was really thinking of was Ghost of Mars. So, fair enough. Uh, well, did you like Cigarette Burns? I haven't seen it, so. Okay, that's also on my voodoo. In case you get interested. Okay. Uh, I it, just a f- James Woods is fun. I uh, like he's he, it's. It's it's a fun movie, but I don't think it's a good movie. I would agree with that. Like, it, yeah, I like okay. I really like James Woods. I really like the priest. Padre, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I just think the vampires are kind of, like Valak. It's kind of just like generic vampire bad guy kind of. Valak could have been so much cooler, yeah. and Mark and Boone I, Jr. could have been a bigger role. I like the yeah, I like the guy who they got to play him too. I mean, dude's fucking. He's a writer as well as an actor, but I've seen him be, you know, do some decent stuff and other things. So, 
yeah. Um, number 11. This pained me to have this this low, but Stephen King's it. Tim Curry. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's good. It's hard to hold up, though. You know, like, I, I watched it, again, just in the last couple of years, and, um, you know, there's some really good parts, and then there are parts that are just, like, it is so old. It that, makes you cringe, right? Yeah, and that's not even comparing it to the, the newer movies. That's just comparing it to watching something from that time period now. The special effects that they tried pulling off. I mean, I remember, like, in the early to mid-2000s, I still cringed because I'm like, oh, that could have been so much better if they would have just done this or that, but they didn't have the budget or the technology or the foresight, whatever the case may be. And despite the really talented cast, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of it that don't hold up, but as a kid when it came out, yeah, that movie freaked the fuck out. I mean, that, uh, and I've got to put it on here. Plus, I think I've probably told you this before, but my shower curtain is a black and white picture of Tim Curry's Pennywise. That would fuck with me every time I took a shower. I'm not going to lie. Yep, yep. Uh, and I knew it would fuck with anybody that came here, and that's why I did it, because I'm a horrible person. No shame in that. Okay, number 10, Exorcist, part 3. We talked about it, moving on. Number 9, Blair Witch Project, nothing more to add, moving on. Number 8, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, been there, done that. Number 7, though. I, I'm not disappointed because I didn't quite expect Joe, and I wasn't sure if you would have it, but my goodness. Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I fucking love I, that movie. I, I, have, I love William Sadler and Billy Zane, so, dude. Yeah, I have a soft spot for for that movie. Again, going back to when we talked about it last time, I'm doing the the uh, live action thing with uh, with Kevin in my uh, in my house. Right. But, um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I don't like. And I, just, I don't think I could just... I couldn't put it in there and kick something else that I liked better off down the list. I understand. It, it's a movie that I've watched so many times that... Like, it's a movie that is pure 90s. Like, if you tried to remake it today with all the technology, it's just... It, it wouldn't be a success. It belongs in the mid-90s, and that's fine. So, um, my number six movie is a, a movie that I held off talking about. Um, People Under the Stairs. Really surprised nobody had that. I, you know, I don't really remember it too much. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. It's just, uh, the, uh, this, I, I think it was one or two black dudes and this little boy they break into this rich white people's house and like they're the people that are like the landlords of all these like kind of run down buildings that you know most of the black people live in so you know they they know that there's money there and they they break in and all hell breaks loose and um i guess craven did it. it it's really 
it was the movie I was alluding to when I was talking about you know how many black films there were. That this was definitely a film that I, I felt belongs in that sentiment. Uh, I, I liked it. I, I really, really, truly liked it. Um, I saw it in the theater. I've seen it at least ten times. Uh, I, I don't know. It's definitely not for everybody. I'm not even going to try to say it's for everybody. But for, for me personally, it will always hold a special place in my heart. So, uh, yeah. Um, moving to number five. Uh, we kind of, sort of, but not really talked about it. Scream 2. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah, we've been over this before. It's probably the best cast in fucking movies. It, yeah, like, I'm not going to say it's better than Scream 1. I'm just going to say, though, it's really freaking good. It's just and, more. Yeah. So, that's that's where I'm at. Number 4, Scream 1. So, you know, we've talked about that. Uh, number 3, I think you brought this up in your honorable mentions. Cube. Yes. I'll, uh, I'll always vouch for this film. I have no problem. I don't care who it is. Somebody comes to my place and wants to watch a movie. I'm like, you okay with a little death? If so, we're going to watch some Cube. And I, I've never had a single person be like, oh, well, it was only okay. Everybody likes that movie. It's just a good movie. It, it's so unique. Was it the first of its kind where you just get random strangers put together to try to survive? I mean, you could probably make a case for it going back to Agatha Christie with like ten little Indians. But Hmm. but yeah, like for for what it is, Cube was like the first movie like that. You know, with the the puzzles and you know being isolated in a death trap kind of situation. Yeah, like I, I feel like it's really one of the forefather, one of the forefathers at the very least, and made on such a cheap, cheap budget. Just really well done. Also made in Canada. I know we were talking about it, and I was like, when we were talking about Canada, I was like, Cube was, and I was like, no, I'm just gonna wait. I'll wait my turn. So that was my turn. Uh, number two, Stir of Echoes. I think all three of us had it on our list. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say that I'd say Stir of Echoes was the overall winner of the night, quite frankly, because uh, I think all of us had it relatively high. Um, and my number one, you knew what my number one was, right? Like you knew this ahead of time. Uh, no, no. <laughs> well, it's definitely going to be, if I get a third tattoo, it's going to be of Mr. Tony Todd from... Oh, Candyman. Dude. I'm sorry. When you go through 25 movies, my brain becomes numb by the time we get to three. I'm I'm still here. Oh, shoot. I was muted that whole time. Alright. Anyway, yeah, my brain is mush. Uh, I just want to add that the set pieces, like the graffiti on the wall, the little boy, the um, when when he jumps backwards out of the window, uh, yeah, dude, uh, like just how gross that one toilet was. 
Vanessa Williams being in it. Like, a lot of people forget Vanessa Williams was in it. <laughs> it just... The backstory, as Joe alluded to, everything about it is just such a great movie. And although it's not, like, my highest rated as far as my ratings go, it's always going to be my favorite 90s horror film. Yeah, I, I couldn't fault you for that. It's out of out of all of the movies that we talked about, I probably had more nightmares from that than I did from anything else in the 90s. I can't think of a single film I I, I found scarier than Candyman. So that that's why it's my number one. And I feel good. We got through that semi-painlessly. Um, and now we kind of get to the point in time where we talk about films that we have relatively recently seen. I'm hoping while I rambled on, you thought of some that you've recently seen. I I don't remember if we talked about it. I think we did. Uh, scary Stories, did we talk about that last? <sighs> I don't remember. I, I know you talked about wanting to see it. You may have even told if, me you've seen it. If, if we, okay, if we're rehashing it, then we're rehashing it. But um, I, I my wife picked up a copy of that for me, and, and we watched it. And it was... It was pretty good. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but the creature design was was really good. You know, creepy as fuck. Um, Is it anthology style? No, it's um, it uh, basically like, it takes place during Vietnam, which I thought was an interesting time frame, uh, and. This girl and her friends are being chased by bullies. They jump into this um, Mexican guy's car who's uh, just watching a movie in a drive-in. drive, drive in. And they uh, talk him into going to this haunted house with them on Halloween. And the bullies chase him in there and lock him in the basement. And while they're down there, they find the book that this uh, woman who had lived in this haunted house wrote. And they take it with them, and it starts writing the actual scary stories from the the book you know the ones that feature in it uh in and as it writes them you know each of them becomes a victim blah 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 but the again like the creature design was fucking spot on with the the illustrations from the book uh it was it wasn't great but i would put it at like a solid eight okay I want to ask you a question before I forget. One of the films I didn't get to before we did this podcast um, was Kronos. Have you ever seen Kronos with Ron Perlman? It was like Guillermo del Toro's first feature length, I think. I have not. I've um, I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. It's on HBO Max, but I can't seem to get the uh, closed captionings to work. And with my loud-ass air conditioner, I can't. I don't want to blare my TV, so... I couldn't really enjoy it uh, currently. I was just kind of hoping you had seen it, but that's something I'll be able to talk about next podcast. But anyways, just wanted to ask, anything else you've seen? Uh, I watched a couple movies on your um, your Voodoo that I had wanted to see for a while that I just hadn't been able to find a copy of. So the, the first one was uh, Let Us Pray. Oh, with Lee, Liam Cunningham, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I really enjoyed it uh, for what it was. Yeah, I didn't think it was was great, but um, I liked it overall. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, it was it was a yeah. it was a movie that you can watch once or twice and feel fine about it. Uh, it was worth the five dollars for me. I I thought, and on a oh yeah, Pollyanna Macintosh is in it, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, I wanted to bring up though that Liam Cunningham is in a show that's on Amazon. Uh, it is called Electric Dreams, and in the episode that he's in, it's him. It's like an anthology type show, and it's him and Brian Cranston. I haven't got to see it yet, but I'm really excited about those two working together. That would be yeah, that would be a good dynamic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Was it just me or did Pollyanna McIntosh's character? I don't know. I, at times, she I found her a little annoying. I guess in, in Let Us Pray. Was she the the main character? Yeah, she was PC Rachel Heggie or Hoagie, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yes, I can I can understand that. Um, and it was it was that was a weird fucking police station. I'm not gonna fucking lie. Very weird, yeah. Um, like I don't. Know, they were they were bad cops. <laughs> oh yeah, they they were not very good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I found Liam Cunningham. I, like he he steals the show, no matter how you look at it. Yes. And I don't know if people don't know Liam Cunningham by name. Uh, he played Sir Davos in Game of Thrones. So right now you just had your aha moment, perhaps. Uh, yes. Not only that, he was um. He was uh, fucking what's his name in Dark Soldiers. I've never seen that. You've never seen Dark Soldiers? No, I think you and I have talked about it. I think you've brought it up quite a few times. I'm like, I'll get around to it. And, um, well, apparently that was a lie on my part. I'm <laughs> 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 just going to be honest here. I didn't get around to it. I think, uh, I think I have it somewhere here, though. I'm pretty sure. Uh, when you have, like, access to... Well, when you forget like all the streaming options and you just say, I have access to probably a thousand f- films either on like my digital accounts yep. or on DVD, I'm like, oh, I don't ever know where to begin. So, can you mute yourself again? No. Can you hear me? I can hear you again, yes. No. Okay. I may have hit fat fingers. I'm just going to move along. Tell me more. Oh, wait. Did you know that uh, Liam Cunningham's going to be in Masters of the Universe? As I man just at saw that. Yeah, that, I got excited. Yeah, that, work, that works for me. I think it'll, I think that's a good choice. I didn't even look at who else. Did you look at the cast for? I did not. Uh, but now I'm seeing what Diedrich Bader, Kevin Conroy makes is cool. Mark ha- Mark Hamill Skeletor. Lena he- Lena Hetty. Phil Lamar. Justin Long, Jason Mew. Oh, wow. I like everything I'm seeing so far. Henry Rollins? I like Henry Rollins a lot. I do too. Uh, where the fuck's uh, Tony he? Todd. No shit. Stephen Root. Harley Quinn Smith. Isn't that Kevin Smith's daughter? It is. And Chris Wood. Who the fuck 
is Chris? Oh, Chris Summer. I love her, too. I don't know who Chris Wood is, but he's He-Man. Uh, not been in much of anything that I'm familiar with. Oh, well. I'm still excited to see it. That's where I'm at. It'll be interesting to see if they do a good job with it. I, well, with that cast, I'm, I'm hoping, like, I don't know. I'll be cautiously optimistic. We'll go with that. All right. Any other movies you've seen? You uh, said you uh, saw more on my voodoo than Let Us Pray, right? You saw yeah, something after else? after that, I watched um, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Byrne. Please tell me you liked it. I did. I did. Thank and God. <laughs> I, I was kind of like, why is he just throwing? You know, I picked up on the, the twist before it happened. You know, like significantly before it happened. Uh, I was kind of like, why is he just throwing away? And then, you know, at the end, when he gets out of the body bag, I was like, okay, that's why. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the thing about that film, above, like, I don't want to say above all else, but God damn it, Psycho Killer gets stuck in my head for at least a day after seeing that freaking yeah, movie. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was good. I really but, I was like, I, I couldn't remember who sang it to who I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, yeah, Talking Heads. I, I, I know that part two is either... It's already written. I don't know if they ever began production or not, but part two is happening. I know that. that. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that then. Yeah. Did you uh, know that the main girl was one of the girls, one of the uh, sisters in uh, Home Alone? I did not, but now that you mentioned that, I could kind of see it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah. And, and I love the... Can- I, that had to have been one of Zelda Rubin's or Stein's like final films I think I love her she uh, you know who I'm talking about she was the librarian in that one okay she, okay yeah and Robert Englund Kane Hot, Kane Hodder it, it, ever so briefly I don't know if you caught that too where was he at in it he was standing in front of uh, F- Freddy's house or some something like that when they were going over all the horror people Gotcha, gotcha, okay. So, very brief, but yeah. Uh, anything else you saw? Uh, I, I watched um, Ready or Not. You know, I don't know how much you would consider that a horror movie or a thriller or a comedy. I don't know anything about it. Samara Weaving was in it. Uh, oh. It was really good. Um, oh, is this the hide-and-seek one? Yeah. Is yeah. it? It's on like HBO, right? It's on HBO. That's where I watched it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, don't spoil much, but is it worth a watch? It is. It's um. It's it's one of those. It's definitely a black comedy, and I think when you when you get done, you'll see why I think it it falls into horror rather than just staying in thriller territory. Okay. Well, I, my understanding was that the family kind of made it into a horror, but I I, mean, I don't know much about it, just what little bit I've read about it. I kind of had a general idea of where to where may be heading, but I, I could be way off, because I thought I knew everything when I saw your next, and I did not. Yeah. Yeah, I was... um. It's one of those things where, like, you you see something and you, you you get the context and you're like they're they're not going to tell me yes or no 
and then they very definitively tell you the answer at the end, but you have to go all the way to the end to get there. Gotcha. That, that's I, I actually already added this to the watch list or whatever function they have Dude, on it. I'm not going to lie. Like I know a lot of people were bashing HBO uh, Max now, whatever, whichever one it is now. It's Max, yeah. When it when it came out, because like it wasn't on Roku and it wasn't on Kindle and blah blah blah, but you know, I went through. It took me two hours to make my like my watch list. There's just so much shit on there that I wanted to see. I, I'm shocked that they end up with a lot of the Criterion films, all like all the cartoon stuff. That's I, I admit the first thing I watched on HBO Max was. A, like the original run of Scooby Doo. That's what I did. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going through watching the later seasons of Robot Chicken that I never saw. You know when I got rid of cable. I, I mean hell, I'm I'm super excited that they they picked up South Park. So like I have less and less reason to keep Hulu now because of that. Um, just they they picked up a lot of stuff that I personally am interested in. And my TV actually uh, had the app, so I didn't have to worry about. I have, I have three different streaming devices. I have a Shield TV, I have the the Fire Stick, and I have Roku. So, fortunately, I didn't have to be one of those pissy people. Yeah, I, I run everything through my Xbox, so it worked out for me. And uh, I mean, my my wife and I have the HBO. And we pay for the the Hulu package with Disney Plus and all that shit. Yep. ESPN yep. Plus. And then we use my mom's uh, Netflix and Amazon. So basically I've got like just about every fucking streaming thing covered. And, you know, like, it was fun to watch The Mandalorian. And there's a bunch of stuff for my son on there. But in, really until like maybe next year now because of the way the pandemic's going... Until Disney Plus really starts taking off with like season two of The Mandalorian and all the Marvel stuff, I'm really feeling like HBO was the way better deal in regards to streaming. I I just had this conversation Saturday night. I'm like, I have no real inspiration right now to pick up Disney Plus. Um, but the thing I did is I I split the cost for the full year with two people. So we each paid like twenty dollars. We got it for like sixty bucks, and to me that was worth it. But I really haven't used Disney Plus, so I'm like we we already were doing Hulu, so adding it on for like an extra two dollars a month wasn't a a big deal. Do I mean? But don't they add ads on Hulu when you do it that way? Uh, yeah. I mean, so we we lost like, but like a lot of the stuff that we watched. Um, was already on like it was, instead of being the no ads plan, it was on like the one you have to watch one ad before you start the show. Okay, and how is it? Is that how it is now, or do they add more ads with that particular? No, deal? it's it's about the same. You know, like I haven't really noticed a difference in anything that I watch. I know my wife watches a lot more on Hulu than I do. That, that, see, that was something I was trying to find out, like online, like how many ads I'd have to put up with, because I'm already paying. I pay monthly for ESPN Plus. I pay monthly for Hulu without the ads, and then I also have Disney. I'm like, Jesus, if I could just get that deal, I'd 
saved substantial yeah, it, money. It, I mean, it, monetarily, it was worth it. Like, I don't really use ESPN too much just because, like, typically when I'm awake, shit's not going, you know? You're right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, Dude, I don't really watch many live sports. I There's mm-hmm. a couple shows I like that I can watch at any time. So, like, for me, that's all I need. Plus, I like the 30 for 30. Yeah, but the um, like the just picking up the extra shows that I was interested in on Disney was was worth you know two bucks a month. Absolutely. So we'll say like if if the stuff that's supposed to be coming out like WandaVision, Mandalorian season two, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon, uh, and Loki, you know, if all that stuff, Hawkeye, if all that stuff turns out to be great, then yeah, great, it's worth it. We'll keep it. If it doesn't, yeah, I have no problem saying hey see you later i'm like i'm enjoying like i'm really really enjoying doom patrol on hbo max like i would suggest if anybody's into fucked up shit to to watch that not just like superhero fans like is it uh is it action comedy uh what is it exactly because i've heard about it i just don't know anything about it all right imagine kind of like I don't want to say like a B team of superheroes. They're more like a C team and they're not even really heroes, but like it's, it's just like the situations they get into are so fucked up. Like in the first episode, uh, the guy who like brings them all together gets sucked into an alternate universe through a donkey. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and it's, it's, it's worth it. Like Brendan Fraser does a voice for it, and like he drops, and like one point he drops like thirty five fucking f bombs in like less than a minute. <laughs> oh like, wow! Okay, yeah. it's it's. I think it's one of those like, and and like critics like it, so of course not as many people see it. But um, I just think it's probably the best written DC thing I've seen in in a long time. All right. All right. I, I think that's something I would like to try at the very least. Are they hour-long episodes, half-hour? Yeah, they're hour-long episodes. I want to say I think season one was like maybe 12 or 13 episodes, and season two, the next one will be episode seven. Okay. Comes out every Thursday. So. Cool, I'll give that a shot. That actually sounds good. I'll take a note for that as well. So yeah, that's. I think there was another one or two horror movies that, or shows I've I've watched, but I can't fucking think of. I can't think of them. I do know one thing. I wanted to ask you if you had seen. I was watching a review video on YouTube about a movie called Possum. Nope, never seen it. Never heard of it. It's. Um, a British horror movie, I think it came out a year or two ago, maybe, with um, uh, Sh- Sean Harris and Ellen Armstrong. Sh- Sean Harris was that, if you saw the last couple of Mission Impossibles, he was the bad guy in that. He was, yeah. he was in Prometheus. He's, he's been in some other stuff I've seen. It looked creepy, and I was just curious if you had an opinion on it. Uh, um... No. Um, is it available? Oh, that's... Okay. 
I wanted to watch that one night and Raylene was here and she saw the goddamn cover with what looks like a goddamn fucked up spider thing and she wasn't having it so we didn't watch it yeah um so yeah that that looks fucking creepy as fuck like I I can't imagine like living with that thing in your back bedroom hell no no that 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 is been on my radar what's that is that on Netflix it's on something it's a prime prime okay I could be watching it uh Dude, I've looked through so many things as of late. Like, I cannot keep shit straight anymore. I don't think they have Braid on Prime anymore, and I'm upset about that. I wanted to... Well, I think I still have a copy somewhere. So, either way. But I, I want more people to see Braid just to get opinions, and I didn't know anybody that saw Braid. But I'll say this. Amazon Prime right now, bar none the best... Uh, selection for horror fans, in my opinion. You know what surprises me is how much is actually on Hulu too. Hulu has a lot. It's yeah, I never think about it, but until, like after the fact. I hate Hulu's app. I, I I really find navigating on their app to be uh, annoying as hell. Yeah, it's it's not the most friendly, maneuverable app. Like, sometimes I just want to go, I just want to choose movies, horror, A through Z. That, oh, and my Alexa's talking to me right now. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, all right, so was that... Uh, all the recent stuff you've seen? Any yeah, shows? All the, re- all the recent stuff that I can remember. Okay. Um, I have a list because something I'm planning on doing uh, since I'm just stuck in this rut. I, I just haven't posted anything in like months now. Um, there are times where I'm just like terrified of even like writing stuff and posting online because of... Uh, we'll say people's sensitivities currently, that, like, I'm terrified of, like, making some of my jokes nowadays. But I, I feel like at some point or another, I gotta get my head on my ass and just post some stuff, and if people don't like it, they don't like it. Whatever. I'm not a multi-million dollar company or anything. You know, worst case, people just don't come back. You, you know what I mean? But... um I have a list of, of films that I've watched over the past few months that I want to do smaller blogs on. Um, and I'm not going to go through this whole long list because a lot of the stuff you and I have already talked about. Um, I will mention some of them, though. Uh, I watched Glass. Have you seen that? I haven't. I was so excited when I heard about it. Um, watching the trailers leading up to it, and then I had it spoiled for me. And when I heard what the uh, the twist was, I kind of was just like, "Fuck it." Oh God, the the seeds were planted so early for that twist that it, it it's an okay movie. It's it's still above average, but that's about as it, it's worth it to see James McAvoy. 
I, honestly, it's he's well worth awesome. it. He's fucking awesome. He's an awesome actor. He, he's improved so much over the years. I, I'm so impressed by him. So From, from Mr. Tumnus? <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't know. I, I would say it's still worth a watch. Uh, if, if nothing else, just for him. I like how they tied some stuff together. Um, Samuel Jackson is still cool as shit. Bruce Willis plays his role cool. Um, but at, at the end, like, the twist was so there, I guess. So, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I've also been watching like a lot of older movies. Like I showed Raylene Taxi Driver. She'd never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, after seeing Taxi Driver, I'm like, it really suited uh, De Niro to actually be in the Joker because although they're not two in the same, there's a lot of similarities between Taxi Driver and the Joker. And I don't know. It kind of, I don't know. They kind of go together for me in some weird way, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I would I would say like a, a good comparison I've seen is like people compare the t- uh, Joker to like a mix of Taxi Driver with uh, shit. What was it? The uh, the Greatest Show, the the comedy one, stand up one he did in the shit. I'm losing my losing my mind. Uh, okay. Who who did it? Who are you referring to? Give me a second. Uh, I think Scorsese. Oh, okay. Something I'm probably not familiar with then. But yeah, I mean, Taxi Driver still holds up. It's it's interesting to see like how like beautiful Sybil Shepherd was in that film. Because I didn't know Sybil Shepherd other than like from her TV show, and like to go back in time, like she was really beautiful. You know, weird to see young Jodie Foster, that sort of thing. Um, the King of Comedy. Sorry, that was King of Okay, yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Um, but I have watched a lot of comedies. I rewatched Old School. I rewatched Office Space. Uh, one of the funniest realizations I've had within the past month is rewatching the, the awful G.I. Joe movie. And, like, you watch this terrible action film, and, like, you think, okay, you're going to get to your end credits, they're probably going to play some generic music. No. What did they play? They played the Black Eyed Peas, Boom Boom Pow, and I'm like, wow, you guys clearly knew, knew your audience, right? <laughs> like, you t- that's not your audience. Like, I. I'm sorry, but, like, <laughs> that's just not your audience. It just isn't, so. Um, I rewatched a film called CB4, which was a mockumentary of gangster rap back in the 90s. It starred Chris Rock. Yeah, I remember that. It doesn't hold up at all, man. Phil Hartman tries, and I remember being funny as hell back in the 90s. It doesn't hold up well. And I love gangster rap, but, uh there's there's still some funny lines, but it used to be way funnier. Um, a big time movie that I'd never seen. I don't know if you ever saw Shape of Water. Shape of what? Which one was that? Oh uh, yes, um, the Guillermo one. Yeah, yeah. You saw it? Yes. Did you, what? Did were you? I'm I'm big a big Guillermo. Yeah, I'm a big Guillermo fan. Just like. 
It's been a while since I saw something that he did that I didn't like. I still haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth. I know. I know. But, I did like Shape of Water. I I think Michael Shannon, he's another guy. I'd like to see him and Sam Rockwell do something together. He's really interesting because have you ever watched an interview with him? No. He comes off almost autistic. Oh, really? Like, very low-key... Hard to meet people. Maybe less autistic and more like Asperger's. But, um... Like, very low-key, very even-keeled, very... short and succinct answers. You know, when he's... When people are asking him questions and shit. Right. Is he, like, shy in in that regard, or just... He's not... Yeah, he's not very outgoing. So it's, it's interesting... Huh. Huh, yeah, I've never seen... Uh, but I've seen so much of his stuff, and I'm like, Jesus, I, like... What was it? He was in Man of Steel, right? Is uh, that... Uh, yeah. Like, even that movie, like, which... Whatever, it, it was what it was. Like, I thought he shined there. I thought he shined in uh, the horror film Bug. Uh, I, I don't know, I've seen him probably like five or six things, and I, I think he's probably been the best thing in every single film I've seen him in. Although I thought the the main lady in Shape of Water was also very good. I, I didn't quite know how to get a read on her early on, but she, she did good. And Richard Jenkins. That he's guy. Really good. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. underrated. He, he really is. He's just, he's really underrated. So, um... What else did I recently see? Uh, I feel like you... Did we talk about Flash Gordon last time we did this? I think uh, we did. <laughs> uh, yes, because I remember bringing up... Um, uh, fuck up. Uh, Blades of Glory. Yes, yes you did. Um, recently rewatched Memento, and I have no qualms saying that's still top ten film for me. Yeah, it's such a good movie. And dude, like, I don't want to make this about me, but since I've had, like, all the head issues and, like, the memory issues, that movie rings, that movie rang true to me in 2000, 2001, whenever I first saw it. That movie rings true to me so much more now, like, some of the things, I'm like, wow, okay, like, it really rings true to my day-to-day life of, like, taking notes and stuff, like, obviously I don't have tattoos telling me to take out the trash, but still. Uh, one thing I find interesting that somebody has suggested, and I think this might be getting closer and closer to being true, but uh, I heard somebody recently suggest that um, Christopher Nolan, if he keeps it up, could potentially bypass Spielberg as the greatest director of all time. Mm. Inception will always hold Nolan back, but I, one I love I love Inception. That's the top three favorite movies ever for me. So, oh god, no uh, Nolan can be in my top five, and he could get higher. He he's never going under no circumstances can he pass Kubrick. Uh, I think it's easy to pass Kubrick just because Kubrick had a relatively 
non-prolific career. I, I, I can't I can't have him put going past Cooper because everything he did was just such a such a thing for for me. And the only person that comes that passes Kubrick for me is Tarantino, and everything kind of depends on the quote-unquote final film if the next one's the final film because once upon a time in hollywood really made it iffy between tarantino and kubrick for me so i I love nolan don't get me wrong i really do it's just i truly truly despised inception on so many levels so whereas like tarantino the worst thing i can say for him is he did death proof and well, yeah, I didn't like that. I I could still watch it. I don't know. I haven't. He Nolan did Interstellar, right? Yes. I see. I haven't seen that. I I do own it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen a few of his more recent films, and I I owe it to myself to go and watch those to because I mean, dude, I I I have a. DVD or Blu-ray box of Christopher Nolan. Like, it's not that I dislike the guy. I love the guy. He's really one of my favorites. It's just the one particular film made me lose my collective shit, so to speak. See, I don't know. I mean, like that's that's like saying you you prefer Eyes Wide Shut to friggin' uh, Inception. Oh, I love Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Oh, see, okay, okay. The Kool-Aid is coming out. Oh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I actually went to the movies and saw it with Eric, Craig, and I don't remember, some, one other person. We watched it, and we went to Godfather's... Well, we went to Hess, which had Godfather's Pizza, and we just stood around waiting for our damn mini pizzas and just talked about it. And Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know it's... I'm, I'm not even going to tell you it's a great movie, but I love the movie. You know, it's no different than Maximum Overdrive. I know it's not a great movie, but I love the movie. Yes, I can agree with you there. Well, if we don't have really too much more to go into... I have uh, one more. Okay. Just one more that I just saw. The Old Man and the Gun. With Uh, Robert Redford. I haven't seen that. Uh, It has Redford as Sissy Spacek, Danny Glover, Tom Waits, and Casey Affleck. And it's only like a 93-minute-long film. Just recently purchased it. I highly, I, I highly recommend it to anybody that like looks at the trailer and says, "All right, this might look be good." I think you'll have a fun time with it. I'm not going to say it's going to change your life. It's not life-altering, but it's a fun movie. There's bank heist. There's a little bit of romance. There, there's a little bit of something for everyone. And it's based on a, a real dude uh i don't know it, it's it's worth worth your time in my opinion but okay. you know look, watch it's one of those things watch the trailer if it don't look interesting the movies you know i i will i will say this you know i didn't discover robert redford until i was older just like i didn't discover uh, clint eastwood until i was older but i've been pretty much entertained by the majority of everything I've ever seen him in so, or everything that he's ever done I, there's a lot of actors like that that you know I, I just didn't pay attention to 
when I was younger or, you know, it wasn't my type of films. And, yeah, as I've gotten older, I've grown to appreciate a lot of these guys in Redford's one of them. I would agree with that. So, and that's it. I know we want to wrap up. And next month we're talking The Evil Within 1 and 2. Yep. How are you coming on that? I started. started. <laughs> I, no, I did. I, 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 I swear to God, I started it. And I was really tired. I got to the point. I was in the car, and we were driving to the place. We get out of the car, and there was some talking. And then I was like, "Nope, I'm not gonna stay awake for this." So I'm at the very, very, very beginning, but I did get that far. Okay, well, at least you got that far. Um, also, this is my pledge for next podcast. A podcast will have been posted between now and then. B, I will have watched Doctor Sleep. That's that's good, dude. I I don't know. I'm running out of things to suggest to you if you're never gonna watch them. So <laughs> I will watch them uh, just in good time. But I will because I also got the 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 two films that they were a sequel that you recommend that's still on my list that I have to get through. I oh. can't. And the last thing I want to bring up before we stop super excited about I don't know when it actually is coming out but it's really soon uh, Peninsula what is that the sequel to Train to Busan oh okay quick question and this is going to cover spoiler alert whatever I saw on a lot of list of uh, like films that will make you cry a lot of people had Train to Busan what was so sad about that I, I don't I've forgotten I guess uh, basically, like, all the dads die. You know, like, I don't... Okay. That, that was, like, the main gist of it was the father. I would assume so, like, the, you got the one father, the, the badass, like, working man dude. Mm-hmm. You know, the one who taped up his, his arms and shit. Yeah, okay. he, he's got the, the pregnant wife, you know, and he bites it and, you know, asks the other guy to look out for him. And then right at the end, as they're about to fucking, you know, take off on the last train, the fucking dude bites him and, and he knows he's going to turn. So, he, you know, gives himself up so his daughter and the woman will get out. Okay. Um, I have a question I'm going to pose to you and I would like an answer by the time we come back. Okay. So, topic Saturday night was films and TV shows that make you cry. And I said, I, I posed the question... Has there ever been a horror movie that made you cry? Not because you were scared, but because of like a super sad moment. Oh, you- dude, I cry all the fucking time. I'm not gonna lie. I cry like my wife laughs at me all the fucking time as we're watching shit. She's like, "Oh, you fucking crying now?" Like, <laughs> we, almost weekly on Grey's Anatomy because I watch that with her. Like, I'll be like, "Shut up!" It's, 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 there's something in my eye. But no, I, I cry all the time. Now, but do say, you cry yeah, at horror probably, though? I want to say I probably cried a couple times during um, uh, the Haunting at Hill House uh, okay. season one. You know, um, yeah, like I, I'd have to think about it for a little bit, but like, dude, yeah, every, every time uh, Independence Day, Randy Quaid goes up in the plane. Oh God, yes, dude! <laughs> tell my kids I love them. <laughs> yeah, I, I fuck. Yeah, I trust me that this is a. We probably talked for like an hour about all the times that 
you know, Gladiator, Man on Fire, Charlotte's Web. Uh, there's a long list for me. But, you know, it was just like the whole idea of a horror film. I only came up with one answer so far. And it's such a bad answer, but I know I've cried at the end of Monster Squad. Oh, yeah. So that's the only one. So that's why I'm saying, like, hopefully in a month, maybe you think of a couple that I have completely overlooked. Because, you know, you don't really equate crying with horror films in, in that regard. Yeah, I'll think about it. All right. All right, guys. Well, I, uh, I probably got to get going pretty quickly here because I hear my uh, wife getting ready to murder my son, and I don't want to star in a horror movie. So, it's, uh, it's, by the way, it's, it's 2 a.m. as we're finishing this up, so that's probably why she's a little pissed off. Um, thank you for paying attention with us. Uh, Kent, if you talk to Joe again, thank him for coming on and giving a more nuanced opinion than either yours or mine. Absolutely, yeah. I'll, I'll be talking to him probably tomorrow. And yeah, thank you again for, thank you listeners for spending time. Thank you, Chris, for listening to me babble incoherently about shit that we've talked about. And just remember, <laughs> coming up next one we do, which uh, probably be in about a month, month and a half. It's going to be a, something a little different. Instead of doing movies, we're going to be talking about the Evil Within video game series, um, and that's going to be up at nineduce.com/podcasts. Yes. All right. There you go, guys. Peace out. And stay sane in this fucking crazy world. Absolutely. Don't be haters.